Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. I'm Father Nathan Goble, Father Michael Lachlan. This is the Noon Hour Podcast. The demon of the noon hour. Demon of the noon hour. This is Catholic Stuff. Be gone. We very rarely record at noon. That's true. We're more of a nighttime podcast. Sometimes we record in the afternoon, uh, but we are in the noon hour because Father John Neppel, the consummate choleric, has uh, <laughs> arranged a system by which uh, all of us will record for the next six weeks, Yeah, and the first person up is me. And the only time I have available today is at the noon hour. Well, I think, actually, if we record two right now, we're going to be way ahead than you and I. Well, because we're all alternating this summer, you'll hear all of us podcasting right. with other with each and other. And it's so. it's a noble goal. I really I really believe that it's a noble goal. It just it just requires <laughs> that means you doubt. No, I don't doubt <laughs> anything. I just, it just requires a lot of uh, intense uh, scheduling, yes. and uh, that to me is yes. abhorrent. Well, the other thing I need to do is get you guys keys to my house so that you can just come in whenever you want. And drink your else. beer. and Drink a beer. Actually, maybe get ice so that when you are drinking, is your, you can have ice. Does your uh, ice maker, your freezer not work? Oh, it's fine. I'm just... The, the, the ice balls that you guys used from last time with your whiskey are still it's, sitting there okay, empty okay. on my counter. If that's the biggest problem we have, that we don't have <laughs> ice balls, um, I think you're that doing pretty good. That is true. Thank God. Yep. Um... Big changes, big changes. Uh, my time at Light of the World has come to an end. Aww. And I will do a podcast in the summer on what I learned at LOTW. Ah, okay. Um, because as some of you know, my house, Wayne Manor, yes. is under construction. Shout out to Jerry Caruso of Caruso Kitchens. Okay. Um, he is a parishioner of mine. He's doing the crown molding um, at my house, and it's going to look amazing, but we are weeks away from it being done. I'm happy for you, but I'm also sad to see what, in my opinion, was some epic, idiosyncratic art and architecture in that old place. Yes, uh, there will be vestiges of it, but only okay. vestiges. Are you, are you at least saving this stuff so we can like each have a little bit of... A little bit memorabilia. Of, <laughs> memorabilia from the I old, did old ask Wayne them. Manor. I did ask them to save the um, the the trusses. Mm -hmm. Like there's these fake kind of uh, like they look like um, the, I call them the swords of Damocles. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they were like the flying buttresses, and they were like spikes hanging down from them. And I wouldn't eat my breakfast under them because I thought they would come <laughs> crashing down. In fact, they're made of like uh, plywood. Oh. So I would have been fine. Well, you know what? We sh you should give one of those to each of us so that you can identify Companion's Rectory by walking in and yes. seeing this sort of Damocles hanging yeah. over the front door. I that. said, could we plant them in the ground, like spikes up, Ooh. so that it looks like, you know, if you cross this line, like okay. we'll have the archers <laughs> shoot you or something? <laughs> so uh, I moved out of Light of the World Rectory last night. I uh, had my final meal with Father Joseph Lejoie. Mm. Um Final as in, like, we're <laughs> yeah. no longer housemates. Right. He's not dead. For now. Um, he, uh, uh, we went out for Chinese, and it was, a, it was a wonderful parting. Father Matt, he, you know, gave me the warm embrace before he left. He's on, um, <laughs> he's on vacation right now, so. I heard you guys uh, rode your bikes yesterday, and it was off the chain. I can ride my bike with no handlebars. 
with no handlebars. We, oh my gosh, did Father John tell you about this? No. So we, was... we rode from Larkspur to Sedalia. Yes. Okay. Beautiful ride. Yes. The only, I mean, I always have little crit- criticisms, you okay. know, and just, just little things. Of your brothers. Of for, my brothers, okay. you know. <laughs> and, uh, and this is not directed towards anyone in particular, but we drove, they, they biked from Sedalia to Larkspur right. and then back to Sedalia. So we were, dry, we were doing the second leg. But um, we did not do any warm-up. It was kind of like yeah. those guys biked, you know, for, you know, 12 or, I mean, 19 miles. That was me. They biked for 19 miles yeah. and then, you know, met us. Okay. But we started where they, you know, kind of went halfway. I see. And the first thing that we did Go uphill. was about, yeah, like a thousand <laughs> foot climb. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I'm like, and there was no like transition, whatever. It was just start climbing. Yeah. And, uh, I did not have my bike in the right gear. So I'm trying to buy, you know, gear down like as, or gear up, whatever, um, as we are, you know, climbing and my chain fell off and I didn't get out of my clips. So like oh. within like the first five minutes of biking, I'm freaking on the ground. Okay. And then Lejoie, Father Lejoie, who is a beast, right. just powers up this hill, just <laughs> totally powers up the hill. No care, whatever. Well, then they get lost. That's what I heard. But we had no idea they were lost. We just thought that they were bombing it the whole time. Oh. So anyways, we're doing this ride. Father John and I had a nice, gentle, after we got over the hill, great ride. Just the two of us. Father Larkin, he just, you know, doing his Larkin time. Cool. Yeah. Hanging out, whatever. <laughs> John and I are biking, just talking, whatever. And I'm not really good about looking ahead. I, I'm just not. I, I can't figure out how to bike with my head kind of up. Oh, I see. So I kind of have my head sort of down, you know. And if I would have had my head up, I possibly could have seen something coming on the right-hand side. Okay. And I get approximately a foot away before it enters my line of sight from a diamondback rattlesnake. Oh, my gosh. And I'm just talking, whatever, and all of a sudden, like, in a second there is a rattlesnake right next to my tire and i go oh ah! and i and, and i screamed holy beep. <laughs> and then uh and then and then like swerved away and like started then like screaming like oh my god oh my god and then uh father john was like are you all right and he saw it too totally freaked him out it was a dead rattlesnake oh, but a dead rattlesnake that wasn't like laid out on the side of the road it died it curled up curled up oh wow like looking like it was ready to strike wow and i was just like still cleaning up the dribble <laughs> off my leg because i was so scared i was so i just imagined that thing leaping out and like planting itself in the back of my calf yeah. and being like ah! you didn't so, get my dad joke the off the chain joke or did you and you just ignored it no, I didn't get it. Okay. Oh, off the chain. Oh, <laughs> so you it. did uh, know that I. You did L- know Larkin. that. Larkin. Oh, okay. We had breakfast this morning. Yeah, yeah. Larkin so funny. <laughs> so funny. Off the chain. Yeah. Off the chain, and then I was actually. On, I did not on hear the about the snake though. That would have been a more interesting story. Larkin told me the chain falling off story, but not the snake story. Oh, I was so scared. And then the other thing is, we biked all the way to Sedalia and went to. Oh no! What is it called? Uh, the monastery. No, there's a great bar there. Oh. Bear, 
Saddle Bear Skin Bear Skin Saloon Bear Naked. I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a saloon dance hall bar. Old school. Yep. And uh, Larkin, Father Larkin was actually the one that recommended it. One of the best fried chicken sandwiches Ooh. I've ever had. Okay. And then we got the breaded mushrooms, and it was okay. super tasty. Nice. The waitress was a little saucy, okay. but, you know. <laughs> that at, adds to the atmosphere. At Sedalia, I mean, what can you expect? It yeah. was funny. I kind of like that. There's a bar in, in Manhattan, if you're ever in Manhattan. One of the oldest bars in the city is called The Ear, E-A-R, The Ear. And it has the most hilarious bartender. Like, he will insult you in the most glorious Irish brogue I've ever heard in my life. Nice. Insult you over and over and over again. It was me and Father Jack Custer sitting in the bar, and he just never let us <laughs> and he never let us rest. It was like insult, insult, insult. But he ended up like paying for half our drinks at the end of the night. But it but it's one of the oldest bars in Manhattan. And the thing I love about it most is that like a hundred years ago, whenever it opened, the the way that they got them the way that they called it the ear was they just got a big neon sign that says bar. And then they put black tape over the two bumps in the B. <laughs> so it's just like this bar sign that's probably really ear. cheap. And now it's just ear. So it's called the ear. So anyway, glorious bar. It's always packed, but if you can get that there, get a seat. Nice. Do it. Live music a lot. What'd anyway. you do this weekend? What'd you do on Monday? Uh, Monday, I had a uh, parishioner had a memorial day party at their house. Oh. And it was actually really cool because now that we have two liturgies, Many people miss each other, so it's events like this where right. everybody. My parish is so small, so it was actually really cool because it hailed and stormed. Yes, but uh, but one of the women were out there frying up dogs and burgers, even in the, in the pouring hail. Someone was holding an umbrella for them. One of the women were doing one that. One of the women, I know. I wasn't there yet. So the men were a, inside. The men were inside while the women cooked chatting. in hail and rain, <laughs> as it should be. Just kidding. Oh. <laughs> totally kidding. Goodness gracious, stop judging. Goodness. Judging, judging, judging in your heart. But yeah, so it was a good Memorial Day barbecue, and I, I actually was supposed to run the Boulder Boulder, but um, I'm having old man sciatica, so my chiropractor said don't run the Boulder Boulder. So Last year you did that without ever, like, actually I did it without any training. warming up, right? And yep. this year God was probably protecting me from really hurting myself by giving me minor sciatica to keep me from... Running without, in it. Who knows? Without even trying. But yeah. All right. What'd you do? Oh, you rode a bike, obviously. Off rode the a chain, bike. And then um, I... chicken. Yeah, I was... Um, ate some chicken and then got back to the house and uh, I passed out. Like, I, uh, I... I put on... Somebody left in my car because I swear I did not buy this. SPF 70. Ooh. 70. I'm like, when was an infant riding in my car? Um, <laughs> or someone wider than you. Yeah, Brady yeah. Wagner. <laughs> Father Brady Wagner. <laughs> um, so, um, I think I just had sun, sun uh, poisoning yeah, yeah. or whatever. So, Anyways, it was fun. Nice. Oh, here we go. Yes. Okay. Do it. All right. Memorial Day. Yes. Here we go. We're on to the topic. Have to be cognizant of the time yes uh we are on our lunch hour so um memorial day what 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 exactly is memorial day i always get it confused with veterans day so memorial's day the the ritualized remembrance and mourning of those who have died in the military fighting for the country yeah and And usually it's for those who are living it's our country yes we're not praying for other countries yeah it's just forget that america yeah 
Shout out to Bridget Mintz, who uh, put American flags on all the graves at uh, Fort Logan Cemetery with the American Heritage Girls. I was like, that is patriotic. Love that stuff. Yeah. So... So we remember, we remember all the soldiers who have died in service to their country right. um, in, in times of war. Right. Um, Veterans Day, because somebody said, aren't you going to have the veterans stand at mass? I was like, no, they're living. Right. Today's when we remember the dead exactly. ones. So the boulder boulder, like, that was the confusing thing, is the boulder boulder you're supposed to wear on your back. Like last year, I wore on my back, and you write the names of, of your family or friends or whoever you want to commemorate in the 10K who when you ever commemorate that huh. died. So like I wrote, actually that was hilarious. I was running and I had, um, so uh, er, uh, Vincent O'Loughlin, my grandfather and Ernest Fashan, my other grandfather, both were in the war, both, both died. Well, one, only one of them died really because of the effects of the war. He walked on Nagasaki like six months after they dropped the bomb oh, no. and he died of environmental lymphoma much later. But um, anyway, they, we were remembering them both because they were both passed and both served in the military. Um, but a woman recognized my voice while running the, the 10K as being from the podcast. And then it was confirmed because I was chatting with somebody and then it was confirmed because I had O'Loughlin right. in the back. So anyway, it was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I remembered all of the comrades of my grandparents who fought in the war, as well as my brother-in-law, Mark, Mm. uh, who fought in the uh, kind of the war against terror. Yeah. Um, So all of his friends and, uh, you know, comrades who had died, but he he survived. So later on, I'll remember them. So that's Memorial Day. Yes. Okay. Those who've died. But do we remember all those who have died in the war? Like even those that we killed? Even those that, you know, had passed. Not in any formal organization. That's not what American Memorial Day is about. But as we are American Catholics, or Catholics living in America, um, we have to remember that we have a duty to pray for all of the souls, even those who perhaps we were fighting against. Absolutely. So I have been struck by this because... uh, at our parish, St. Joan of Arc, we always pray for uh, soldiers. Mm-hmm. We say, for all those who protect our country at home or abroad, um, and for their families, let right. us pray to the Lord. Is that a prayer that's in line with church teaching? For all those who protect our country, whether at home or abroad, and for their families. Yes. That's pretty good. Yeah. But it's, we're kind of clarifying. We're saying, for those who protect our country, right, um, and whether home abroad, and for their families, right. So we're not praying for all soldiers, and sometimes when people pray for soldiers, they're really just saying for our soldiers, right, for our service men and women, right. Uh, how do you phrase it at your parish when you pray for the military or for yeah. soldiers? What do you say? So it's a translation thing. So our current translation is. Uh, during the litany of peace for all those in the service of our country. But hmm. I've also heard like the Ukrainian translation says for all those in the military. But, okay. but this is also, I mean, look, look at the, look at the Byzantine flag, a double headed Eagle. It, it, it's because of the, the civil and the religious or the church and the state right. together. So they're, they're, they kind of protect each other. So the idea was here, protecting our livelihood from the invading hordes, you know, when these translations happened, or protecting Constantinople from the invading Turks. By the way, today is the day that the Ottoman Turks conquered Constantinople Mm. in 1453. 
So we're commemorating the day when the military failed. Actually, we didn't. You didn't know that. I didn't know that till this morning. That's sad. It is. But um, and the emperor, I found out, uh, Paleologos. Um, he actually, when he realized the the city was going to fall, he stripped off of all of his imperial garb and ran out and fought and died. They never never found his body. Supposedly. Really? Yeah. He just ran into the ran into the mix and died a hero's death. Really, you know, sacrificing like himself. Yeah. But I'm uh, sorry. Back to your point. Well, I mean, I I don't have a problem with it because like there are Byzantine Catholics all over the world, right? And when they are in that country, they should pray for their exactly. for their leadership, right. right? And so whether they are in uh, Uzbekistan or Turkey or um, but are the are those who are opposed to us civilly? opposed to us also in faith. So like when, if, say like we were at war with Turkey right now, right. and you have Byzantine Catholics praying for our servicemen and women, right. for all those, dedic- for all those you know, in the care of the you know, military or whatever. Right, yeah. Let's pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> and then we say, yeah. you know, for the triumph of our soldiers over the infidels, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Okay, how does God sort that out? Yeah, I, 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 th- I think that's exactly what has to happen. We have to say, God, sort this out. Because, yeah. it, I mean, it's, it's like there's a certain, like a Chestertonian patriotism. In other words, that there's a certain patriotism that's good because we're saying... Like politics and the military provide a, a a calmness. We also say this in the divine liturgy that there that our, our military would be strengthened so that in their tranquility, the tranquility is the word that we use in our translation. The tranquility that the military provides for us, order justice. exactly the order allows us to live our lives of faith and peace. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where even if I was in Turkey, you know, yes. the, t- Turkey is is the. The, the the descendants of those who took over Constantinople and and ended the Byzantine Empire, but but certainly the Turkish military now is is tr- attempting to provide peace because I mean look look at the attacks of the faith in America a lot of the attacks on our faith are coming from America our own people <laughs> our own right. laws yes. our own people so yeah I, I think there's a subtlety there that only God can sort out but the prayer for peace is good an excellent transition so I have been trying to figure this out so I consulted the Roman missile, because mm-hmm. how we pray is somewhat evident of how we believe. Right. I mean, not just somewhat, it yeah, is. It is. But it Lex takes orande, some, Lex you know, credende. fleshing out. Yeah. Yes. The Lex Orande. Let us look at the prayers for the preservation of peace and justice. Do it. Here is what it says for one of the prayers for peace. O God of peace, who are peace itself, and whom a spirit of discord cannot grasp, nor a violent mind receive. Grant that those who are one in heart may persevere in what is good, and that those in conflict may forget evil and so be healed. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. So the important thing is we are praying for peace and justice. War is a necessary evil to preserve justice. But the good, the, the, the goal isn't we want to win. We want to preserve justice, and we have to make sure that our, the reason why we're going into war or conflict is for the preservation of justice and not just the destruction 
of the evil one. Right. Um, one of the um, one of the entrance antiphons that we we pray um, in times of war or civil disturbance is, I think thoughts of pe- the Lord said, I think thoughts of peace and not of affliction. Hmm. When you you call upon me, I will answer you, and I will bring back your people from every place. I will bring back your captives from every place. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven through fourteen. Hmm. So when we pray. We're actually praying that God may deliver us from war, not just that when we go to war, that he would somehow bless it. Right. And when we have service men and women all over the country, we should actually be praying for peace. We don't want them to have to exercise uh, kind of lethal force. Right. But we understand that if they have to do that, it is for the sake of the preservation of peace and justice, right. and not just now that we're now that they're out there, help them to kick butt. Right. Like if they're going to use lethal force, may it be for the 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 preservation of peace and justice. Right. Uh, this is another one of the prayers uh, for in time of war or civil disturbance. Oh God, merciful and strong, who crush wars and cast down the proud. Be pleased to banish violence swiftly from our midst and to wipe away all tears so that we may all truly deserve to be called your children. Or, O God, author and lover of peace, to know you is to live and to serve you is to reign. Defend against every attack those who cry to you so that we who trust in your protection may not fear the weapons of any foe. So in Christ, he has achieved reconciliation with God but that reconciliation has still not yet been totally realized right. among in the hearts of men. Yeah. But we should pray that the church, who has an exercise uh, custodial care over all persons, not just those who have been baptized, that the church may pray and work for peace and justice and not just like... Um, yeah, like in particular countries where Catholics are, we pray that our soldiers may be victorious. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. We're we're working towards peace and fighting for peace and justice. But I think at the same time, there is this. You know, Jesus says, "The poor you will always have with you." It's like violence and war we will always have with us because of our the sinful condition and this era of the kingdom of God being established, but also this era of the devil at work. I mean, there will always be a need to to fight for justice, to work for justice. And I think in that case, we do we do kind of acknowledge this this give and take, this battle that 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 we pray the good triumphs over evil. But in the midst of that, we need to be humble. I mean, we we need to say, you know, I I, I don't envy those who go who join the military who really want to fight for a just cause, but they are absolutely under the authority of, of others, right, and right. they're not in control of their own moral situation. I mean, right. Bishop John Michael Botin, back at, uh, in 2001, I mean, he's the, the bishop for the Romanians for the whole U.S., he said, any, he said fighting in the military is a mortal sin, and he pulled out every one of his subjects. I mean, they had to leave the military yeah. and not fight or it would have been a mortal sin. And he proclaimed that extremely authoritatively. And and it's like, I understand that. And that's like trying to make black and white out of something that is very gray. And God, he's a bishop. I would have been obedient to him if I was one of his subjects. But it's also a very gray 
matter because of, I mean, war is hell and the, the, the devils and the details. And there's something about, you know, when we pray, we are praying for protection. But I mean, look at your parish, Joan of Arc. She was a Catholic killed by Catholics. Right. You know, right. <laughs> there, there, there are subtleties here that, 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 you know, we pray in God's mercy and in our humility yeah. that as we pray for his will to be done, we, we might not be on the right side of, you know, justice. Yeah, and she she never took a life in in war, and yet she directed armies yeah. to conquer. Um, so in, in some way, I, I don't think that she was a saint because she was victorious, right? but she was a saint because... She was able to hearken to the voice of God who was directing her to reclaim France right. for the church right. and to preserve the unity of the faith of the peoples who were under attack yeah. from this godless empire, Pache, <laughs> Father Sam Moorhead. Um, the closest thing we get to this, at least in, in our liturgy um, that we're accustomed to, the, some of those masses are sort of ritual masses, votive masses, uh, masses for special occasions. Guys don't normally pray those. But all of us come before the Lord on Good Friday, mm. and we pray like for the church, for the Pope, for those who do not believe in Christ, for those who do not believe in God. And then we conclude with praying for those who are in public office, which yeah. is kind of interesting because it's like we pray for those who don't believe in God or Christ and politicians, you know. Right. Um, but it says this, let us also pray for those in public office that our Lord and God may direct their minds and hearts according to his will for the true peace and freedom of all. Then we pray. And then the concluding prayer is this, almighty ever living God in whose hand lies every human heart and the rights of peoples. Look with favor, we pray on those who govern with authority over us that throughout the whole world, the prosperity of peoples, the assurance of peace and freedom of religion may through your gift be made secure through Christ our Lord. So I think that what you're saying is that those who are under authority, the soldiers who are just fulfilling their duty to their country and their people, right. they they cannot be held totally responsible for the actions of their leadership, provided that the actions that they ask them to do aren't against their conscience. You know, we've had situations where they've been asked to take innocent lives, and right. one's conscience should ultimately tell them this is not in accord with. The, the dictates of war, yeah. period. Yeah. Uh, or like, you know, you should never directly will the, the destruction of the innocent. Right. Um, so just because we pray for our soldiers doesn't mean we give them carte blanche right. and kind of, you know, bless their activities. Yeah, I, I think to join the military, you, you have to, if you're going to join the military, you, you have to have a certain trust and a confidence in our constitution here in the U.S. You need to have a, to say the, the, the American project is a good one, and, and there's a certain trust in the, in the American project from the constitution on because the president could change tomorrow. I mean, it, it's, it's like you, you could – the president that you trust – who's, of course, in charge of the entire military, he could change tomorrow. You could get someone that you don't trust who, who's going to send you into an unjust war. And I think at that point, that's where the, you know, again, if you're, if you're asked to do something immoral, that you're, there is certainly the mandate, if it's that black and white, you say, this is immoral, there, there is the mandate to, to sacrifice and to separate yourself from the situation, yeah. even if that means you're thrown in the brig or whatever. Um, but I think 
there's so much gray, the fog of war, as they say, you know, there is so much gray that, that that's why it's inenviable. I don't envy those who, who are in the military. You have to say, if it's a gray situation, I do believe, if the advice I would give to a soldier in my parish, I do believe if the situation is gray and hazy, obedience to what you, and the commitment to the military you've joined should trump, you know, stepping out because you doubt something. But if it's black and white, obviously immoral, you, you know, Christ is bigger than all of this, mm-hmm. and, and your soul and the souls of those who, who are, are at stake are more important than that. It's, it's hard. It's, you know, it's a struggle. So, I mean, that's another reason why we pray for them. <laughs> we pray for them to have wisdom. Yeah. Our, our government, we pray for the government, too, in our divine liturgy. And because we're saying our government is supposed to allow us to live lives of faith in, in, a, in a way that mm-hmm. is most effective. That's the point of the government. But again, Christianity was born and raised in persecution, so mm-hmm. it's always going to be gray and confusing. Well, I mean, it's, isn't it in St. Peter where he says, pray for the emperor? Like the yeah. letter to St. Peter, he says, pray for the emperor. Well, back in that time, the emperor was asking his soldiers to do things that were yeah. not right. Yeah. So then how does God answer that prayer? Right. I mean, I think we understand that like, just because we are praying for those who serve our country, um, God is the one who's directing them, yeah. and that's what we're asking. We can't see a way forward, but we entrust it to you. Yeah. One, I preached on this today at my parish, and I'm going to follow up on Thursday because um, Deacon Rex preaches on Wednesday, so I can't do uh, it tomorrow. Um, Mother Teresa wrote a letter to both George Bush and Saddam Hussein huh. at the start of the Gulf War. Okay. And it was addressed to both of them. It wasn't about like who's right and who's wrong. It was about war is always yeah. burdensome for the poor. Right. And they are the ones affected. And please take into consideration mm. these persons and settle your dispute without going to yeah. war. Yeah. Um, people laughed at that. They're like, no, we're not going to we're not going to listen to you. We know that what we're doing is right, and we're going to go in there and kick butt. Right. Well, say there are Catholics in Kuwait, probably are, mm-hmm. and they're praying for their, their leadership or whatever. If they were to pray for their soldiers, like, is it, I mean, did God just scoff at their prayers because we won? Yeah. Like, I, I just, I find, it, I find it difficult to parse that out and to figure out, how exactly does God listen to the prayers of all of his people, some of whom are praying for the outcome, yeah. you know, on different sides? Yeah. Or the, or the German priests in, you know, Catholic, you know, in, in uh, Nazi Germany. Yeah. Like, they were opposed to the Nazi, you know, occupation and, and their kind of takeover, mm-hmm. but they probably still prayed for their country. Yeah. I, I think prayer is... Prayer in itself, despite whatever is prayed for, is advantageous. I mean, prayer itself, that communication with God, binds us to Christ and binds the body of Christ together. So, I mean, I, that's why I think it is sometimes good to be general in prayer. In the Byzantine Church, we have the Jesus Prayer. The Jesus Prayer is just a prayer to pray in any situation. I have a habit. I hope this is correct. I, I, I bless 
every Planned Parenthood I pass by. And I'm not, I'm not asking for the good of right. what's going on there. Of course, I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for God's will to be done yep. on this evil spot. Yep. You know? So th- I think there's something about that prayer. And if we're reading out of a book, you know, you're, you're kind of saying, Lord, your will be done. And God wants us to say what we want. He wants us to be eloquent. He wants us to, to pray our mind. But, but if we are humble enough and faithful enough to say, God, your will be done. That's what any prayer I say. Any prayer I say means here's what I want, Lord. Here's what makes sense to me. But your will be done. I mean, this is NFP, right? You know, you say I. I think your mm. will is, and I. And yep. My will is to to not have a child right now. If if I'm using NFP, but I'm completely open. If we have one, to the joy that I was wrong. You know, I'm, we're, you gave us a child. We didn't think that was the right thing, but obviously it's your will, and so we're going to move forward with joy, understanding this gift. The same thing probably happens for blessings and, and with prayers. You know, we 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 pray with immense humility. And if if we find out somehow our intention was wrong, then I need to find joy in the fact that I learned something about God's will that was not mine, and rejoice in that, rest in that, and move on with my faith life. What I when I kind of try to figure out how is God going to deal with all this? Because it's interesting. Like in Jeremiah, he says. Everyone take your, uh, take your sickles and beat them into spears mm. and your, into like, your plowshares yeah. and beat them into swords, like go to war. And oh, then Isaiah says, you know, ah, take, your plowsh- yep. take your spears and beat them into pruning hooks right. and your swords into plowshares. Yeah. So there is a time for war and a time for peace. But in, I think it's in Isaiah. I, I can't find it right now. Uh, but it says, uh, we read it around Christmas time where it says, Every uh, every boot trampled in battle, every cloak rolled in blood will be burned as flames for the fire. Hmm. Um, so there will be no war upon my holy mountain. Yeah. Um, and that's what God longs for more than anything else, is that not just like that we would, you know, shake hands and play nice and whatever, but that true peace which it comes about through justice, would occur among the nations. And the way in which we find justice is through mercy. Mm. Like, it's not just finding the best tax solution for everybody. Sometimes it's forgiving evils yeah. that have been done to you, yeah. whether as a person or as a nation. And that's harder than fighting. That's harder than armoring up and fighting sometimes, the right. forgiveness and the mercy. I mean, it, it, it takes a more manly man, in a sense, mm-hmm. to offer mercy and forgiveness than it does to offer wrath. I mean, you, you ask anybody in the military, and sometimes I'm sure they're superiors. This was in Stephen Pressfield's book, Gates of Fire, that I love so much. Like, the, the, there's, there's a time, the book pretty much said, as, as these soldiers compartmentalize the war and peace in their head, there's a time where, where hatred is effective, and we Christians have to reject that. It's like there, there's a time for you know virtuous or righteous anger. Anger, right. Absolutely, but that is not hatred. And yep. we have to say, I trust in God that even if I'm going to war, even if I am I'm embracing and practicing violence, I'm doing it for, as, as a righteous anger, if you will, and I'm doing it to pursue justice. If hatred creeps in there for my fellow man, I'm missing the whole point, and I'm, I'm right. causing more evil than I am good. And uh, hatred, as much as a secular army you know, sergeant might think that's the best thing, we have to reject that. Yeah. It's like a scalpel in the hand of a surgeon 
versus like a dagger in the hand of a thief. Right. Where both of them are intending one thing, um, but and both of them want to cut yeah. or to you know create sort of violence, trauma. Yeah. But one is skilled, and one understands the purpose of it, and the other just wants to wreak havoc. Yeah. Um, and so I, what I would say is, you know, this is the day after Memorial Day. I'm all for praying because we have a duty to pray for our fallen, you know, soldiers, mm-hmm. people who died in the service of our country, uh, f- so that we could be free. Right. Yet, at the same time, as members of Christ's body, the church, we have a duty to pray for all those who have died. Mm-hmm. The people who died on the other side of the hill of Iwo Jima, um, and because they were fighting for a cause that they did not know at the time was wrong. Mm. Um, and now, in the light of God, they do. And we have a duty not just to pray for the people who have fallen supporting our cause, right. but those who have died in the advancement of peace and justice. Right. Um, so um, so I, the last thing I would say is uh, one of the petitions that is, that is offered in Masses for the Dead is that, that God may rescue the entire world from all the evils of war. Um, so we ask that in God's goodness he may free us and, and free our entire world from the scourge of war. Amen. Amen. There, there was a great story on... Uh, I'm trying to pull up this. There we go. Um, there was a great story on NPR on Sunday about a... So this young woman um, was found raped and killed in her home, mm. and the the man who did it was caught... And he, you know, he he was thrown in prison, and he ended up, after, of course, kind of a exasperated letter from the girl's father, ended up the father, you know, started writing to the young man and say, "I don't understand this. I think of this every day. Why would you do that?" Mm-hmm. And and the guy wrote back to him saying, "Do you really want to know why? Do you really want to know what happened?" And the father said, "Yes," and so. This young man who raped and killed this woman ended up writing the entire situation out because he admitted guilt to the father. Anyway, they ended up becoming pen pals, and the father, after years, would send him care packages yeah. at Christmas. I mean, it was this the, the, this bond that began, and, and that was, in a sense, the, the carrying out of justice. I mean, it was there was this father said, of course, I don't want you out of jail, you know, you, you deserve to be there. Justice is happening to you, but there's a certain concern and love as a fellow human being that actually brought this father peace, yeah. you know, and he went in to visit him and it was, it was really, I mean, supernatural. That is not human. It is not human. It, 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 it is supernatural for, for that father to be able to do that. It, he had to rely on God, but he did, and that brought about justice and mercy in a really amazing story. Yeah. Blessed are the merciful for they shall be shown mercy. Yeah. Blessed are the peacemakers, yeah. for they shall be called children of God. Yeah, it's amazing. children of God. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, hear ye, hear ye. On behalf of the treasure of the Catholic stuff you should know, J10 Initiative, I henceforth announce from the Internal Revenue Service that we are a 501c3. And that's totally the uh, princess of exactly. the uh, companions. Yeah, <laughs> the Catholic stuff. That's true. Yeah. <laughs>
That's that's me flying down the flagpole <laughs> with the flag. So Andrea Polito, uh, consecrated virgin of God, uh, is also an excellent accountant following in her father's footsteps. And she never gets angry at us for things like never. not announcing things. Never. So we Righteous received, anger. Maybe. We received an email March 27th <laughs> of this past year uh, asking us to make this announcement. Due to a series of unfortunate events, including sloth and original sin, uh, we totally forgot. So... We are a 501c3, which means people uh, who listen to the podcast uh, can make donations and support the people who help us, and one day we can maybe even have resources for merchandise. If you would like to donate or are a current monthly donor to the podcast via the Companions of Christ, a separate 501c3, again, a separate, please do not sue us, a separate 501c3, we would love to have you move over to the J10 Initiative. You can do that on the Catholic Stuff You Should Know website. There's a button on the bottom of the website that makes it super easy through PayPal. So that's J.10 Initiative. Yes, PayPal. Don't don't make it to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. For some reason, Father John decided to do it J.10 Initiative, J10 Initiative. And if you'd like to send anything via the website or to the house, whether money, gifts, we would love to thank you, so please include your name and address so we know who you are. And thank you to all. Uh, she says that many of you have given even monthly donations to us. Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, we're, we're going to try to do a lot of good with this money. Yeah, I, I mean, there will. are people that are giving internationally, which is really funny because when Andrea and I went into First Bank to try to describe what we do, it definitely sounded like we were nefarious. Because it's, like, <laughs> it's like, we... We receive money from all over the world, and like we just do our thing. And they're yeah. like, "Do you produce anything?" It's like, "Nope." <laughs> so, will you ever send money overseas? Eh, maybe if Father John or Father Mike wants some bourbon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we didn't say any of that to well, the. Why do people IRS. give you money? Again, if you are donating to the uh, companions with the specific intent of supporting the podcast. We're not trying to steal any donors from the Companions of Christ. We're just trying to clarify donors to Catholic stuff you should know through the J10 Initiative. Yes, J10 Initiative. The J10 Initiative. We'll just keep saying J10 Initiative and try to get it in their heads. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely thank you for those who have already supported. We have to fill out a form every time we receive anything. Yeah. So if you send us like gummy bears like $25 worth of gummy bears. If we determine that it's more than $25 worth of something, we have to send you a tax letter yeah. or some kind of acknowledgement. Andrea so, does. <laughs> God bless By Andrea. we, I mean Andrea. Okay. Um, so uh, I am not asking for $25 worth of gummy bears. Um, people have been very generous, but gummy bears is not something that we need at this time. But uh, we, we used funds to purchase uh, brand new microphones. Yes. Um, and we will hopefully be using more funds to do a soundboard yes. as well as uh, additional uh, merch. merch? Maybe a computer, because actually this is pr- doing pretty good right now, but my computer seems to be the problem with the Echo. So anyway, We're just going to get we'll a computer that's solely dedicated to the podcast. Yeah, exactly. No one's going to look up their email or check their Instagram or yep. whatever. It's just going to be for that. Yep, yep. Good call. All right. Sweet. Shout outs. Shout out to Andrea Polito for yeah. being awesome and patient with us. 
Loving and forgiving are you, O Polito. <laughs> Slow to anger, rich in kindness. Loving and forgiving are you. Copyright OCP. Do not. And actually, uh, she's our she's our immaculate virgin. So thank you, Andrew. I'll let <laughs> <laughs> you do our princess immaculate virgin. <laughs> yep. Um, I, uh, I have to print a retraction. Uh oh. Okay. Uh, Matthew Nissler, yes. uh, the young kid who was on the last podcast that I shouted oh, out to, okay. uh, he came up to me in donuts and said, "You said on the podcast that I was eight. <laughs> I'm seven, <laughs> or I'm seven and I'm eight. I what don't remember. I'm sorry. Whatever <laughs> age you are, I commend you for being that age. You'll I should have another attraction to correction next time when you actually. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do it again." <laughs> So, anyways, well, he, he didn't say thank you for the podcast shout-out. He just goes, hey, <laughs> dude, father, he gives me this look. He goes, I'm eight. I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> I want to give a shout-out to uh, two people, and I just spaced one of them. Anyway, a girl came up to me at Jelly yesterday, introduced herself as not a Catholic, but someone who loves the podcast anyway. Um, but I never got your name, sorry. Um, and the, oh, and I saw, driving down Louisiana Boulevard here in Denver, a Mercedes truck van thing with a Catholic Stuff You Know sticker Whoa. on the back. Yeah. And so those anyway, are pretty rare. They are pretty rare. So anyway, I don't know what they printed out themselves or if they took, but it was a circle. We've never, we've never done circle stickers. Anyway. It was a, it had like been cut out. So whether they put some work into it or whatever, whoever drives a Mercedes truck van thing and was driving on Louisiana the other day towards near Pearl, uh, I had a B-list Catholic celebrity moment. Nice. Seeing our sticker on there. Yeah. Um, we do have stickers. Yeah. But, uh, we, we got to figure out a way to We'll be making more. We'll be making more. I have some ideas we can talk afterwards too of what we're going to do with them, but. Send a self-addressed stamped <laughs> envelope to... To Andrea Polito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let her take care of it. Yeah. Look, we're just grateful that people actually listen. We're not looking for a whole lot of money, but for people who actually want to give, we want to make sure that uh, you get your tax credit. So, yeah, absolutely. All right. I don't have any more shout outs. Thank you for listening to this lunchtime podcast, Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Catholic Stuff Podcast at Gmail, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Right. Thanks for all the love for our anniversaries. Yes. That was super On cool. Instagram, that was. Mine story. was the fourth. Uh, I mean, I had my four year. John had his seventh year. Manolo had his. Thirteen. Thirteen. He is the oldest ordained member of the Communities of Christ. Amen. Uh, but not the oldest member of the Communities of Christ. not the most mature. But... And you are the least mature. Yeah. This is J10 Initiative, Catholic Stuff You Should Know podcast, signing off. Thanks, y'all. God bless America. <laughs>